to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Today, I'm talking about procrastination. I'll discuss why we procrastinate and some science-backed strategies for overcoming it. First, let's talk about what it is. Procrastination is defined as voluntarily delaying something, even when you know there are going to be negative consequences for putting it off. The most obvious example of procrastination is when a student puts off studying for a test. We've all been there. Like maybe you knew the test was on Friday and you spent the whole week thinking about the test, knowing that you should study, but you kept finding other things to do. And then late Thursday night, you finally sat down and started to study. And you had to stay up really late cramming for the test because that was the best you could do in the time that you had. But as you likely noticed, Procrastination doesn't end when we stop taking tests. We've likely all procrastinated household chores, making appointments, writing a report for work, doing our taxes, and tackling a stack of bills. There are a few different theories out there about why we procrastinate. I think the most likely reason is because we're trying to avoid an unpleasant feeling. You might feel bored when you write a report. You might feel anxious when you're doing your taxes. You might feel nervous and frustrated when you start taking charge of your health by scheduling appointments for yourself. There are lots of consequences, though, that come with procrastination. Studies show that procrastinators experience a lot of guilt and dread when they put off a task. And then they perform worse on those last-minute things that they tend to rush as compared to people who invest time into preparing. In the worst cases, procrastination has serious consequences. I spent about five years working as a hospital social worker, and I can't tell you how many times I heard patients say, if only I had gotten help from a doctor when I first noticed I was sick. But I put it off hoping that I'd feel better on my own, and now I regret it. As a therapist, I often heard people say similar things about their mental health. They'd say something like, I wish I hadn't waited years to get help for my anxiety. I could have felt better a lot sooner. The consequences for procrastinating often involve trading short-term discomfort for long-term discomfort. Someone who avoids doing something right now because it feels uncomfortable might experience even more distress later. For example, you might put off creating a presentation that you have to deliver because it's anxiety-provoking right now. But throwing something together at the last minute might cause you to experience long-term regret because you didn't perform as well. Interestingly, research shows people who occasionally procrastinate actually think a little bit differently than people who are described as chronic procrastinators. Let's say someone puts off scheduling a doctor's appointment when they're sick. After seeing the doctor and getting treatment, someone who is an occasional procrastinator is likely to think, I should have seen the doctor sooner. Next time I don't feel well, I'll schedule an appointment faster. A chronic procrastinator, though, is much more likely to think, well, at least I didn't wait any longer to see the doctor. In this case, the attempt to look on the bright side in that moment 
actually makes chronic procrastinators even more likely to procrastinate in the future. It's an interesting example of toxic positivity, which is something that we've discussed several times on this show before. Fortunately, though, whether you're a chronic procrastinator or just an occasional one, here are five things that can help you start tackling something right away. Number one, think about the uncomfortable feeling you're trying to avoid. Spend just a minute identifying the emotion that you're trying to avoid by procrastinating. Like, will making that phone call make you feel anxious? Will responding to your emails feel overwhelming? Will tackling a new task cause you to feel frustrated? Just naming that emotion can help take some of the sting out of it. And it might help you recognize that facing that uncomfortable feeling isn't as bad as you might think. Number two, think about the uncomfortable feeling procrastinating will likely cause. Delaying your work is going to cause you some discomfort too. You might experience guilt, dread, and anxiety if you put something off. So spend a few minutes thinking about what procrastination is going to cost you emotionally. Just thinking about that might convince you that the trade-off isn't worth it, and you might get motivated to just face the discomfort right now. Number three, talk yourself into doing it right now. Your brain's going to come up with a whole long list of reasons why you shouldn't do something right now. It might tell you that you can just do it later, or that you deserve a break right now, or you already worked so hard, you shouldn't have to worry about that thing today. You can combat those excuses by creating a list of reasons why you shouldn't procrastinate. You might write down five reasons why procrastinating is a bad idea. Like, if I don't do this right now, I won't ever get to it. Or, I'm probably going to perform poorly if I don't prepare. Of course, though, you don't want your list to become another excuse to procrastinate. Don't spend 30 minutes writing a list about why you shouldn't delay doing the dishes. This strategy works well with big things like why you shouldn't wait until the day before your taxes are due to start collecting your paperwork. It also works well with things that you chronically procrastinate, like working out maybe. Just keep your list handy and read it over whenever you're tempted to procrastinate the same thing over and over again. Number four, shift the way that you think about deadlines. Our brains categorize things into things we should address right now and things that can wait until later. And the way we organize those things in our minds is often like a calendar, but it gets a bit distorted. So let's say it's February 15th and you have a project due on March 5th. Your brain will tell you, don't worry about that project yet because that's not due until March. If, however, the date was February 5th and the project was due February 25th, your brain would categorize that project as something you should tackle now because it's due in the same month. When something isn't due until Monday, we do the same thing. We put it off until next week because in our minds, that's a next week task, not a this week task. We can break this habit by breaking down a big goal that we're tempted to put off into smaller, more immediate goals. Like let's take writing a book. I never set out to write a book in three months or six months or anything like that. Instead, I focus on what I want to accomplish this week. In my case, it's often I'm going to write one chapter this week. Even though I still don't have to turn the book in until the deadline my publisher gave me, if I didn't create those short-term goals, I'd probably put off writing the book until later and would struggle to get it done on time. So whether your goal is to save $5,000 or you want to get your house organized, identify a small step that you can take this week. That will help you establish what we call a now deadline, and it will increase the chances that you'll take action. And number five, use the 10-minute rule. 
When all else fails, use the 10-minute rule to get yourself started. Decide that you're going to work on a task for just 10 minutes. When you hit the 10-minute mark, give yourself permission to quit if you really want to. But you'll likely find that you're willing to keep going. Usually getting started is the hardest part, but once you get things set in motion, they tend to stay in motion. There are other little tricks that you can use to play on your brain to make it a little more tempting to get started. Like you might see how fast you can write 200 words. Or you might see how many emails you can reply to in 15 minutes. Experiment with different strategies to see what works best to get your body moving. So those are five things you can do to stop procrastinating. Label the feeling you're trying to avoid. Label the uncomfortable feeling you'll likely experience if you do procrastinate. Talk yourself into doing it right now. Shift the way that you think about deadlines. And use the 10-minute rule to get yourself started. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcast. Thank you.